Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. We are once again live down here in the Birdcage Studios for another episode of the Sports Frenzy Podcast, Sold Out. With me, your host, Freddie Loso, with my co-host, the Devil's Advocate, Robert Saint. So uh, today, uh, a lot of birthdays today I want to mention. Uh, we have the Nature Boy. No, Woo! not Ric Flair. Buddy Landell. Um, we also have Phoenix, Ray Phoenix, um, Anthony's favorite, Danhausen, Soraya, Indy Hartwell, and there is one um, debut that I want to bring up in 1970. The King himself, Jerry Lawler, debuted in professional wrestling, so I want, didn't want to let the day go by without mentioning him. All right, and with our other co-host. The Reverend himself, Jason Todd. Very well, I heard one of the greatest celebrity feuds ever. Wrestling. I think it goes without saying, but it's fine, right? Anyway, in history, a couple of things. Back in 2014, the phrase, three-word phrase was uttered by Brock Lesnar, suplex city, bitch. And that became a thing when Brock Lesnar basically dominated Super Cena to win the WWE Championship at SummerSlam. And 30 years ago this week, um, we talked about this a little bit last week, but it was the actual debut at Clash of Champions 24 in a backstage segment, the most infamous segment ever, um, when the Shockmaster came busting through the wall. 30 years ago this week. And last but not least, Blackbeard himself, the encyclopedia. And gentlemen, I'd like to let you know that this is a safe show. We have a safety director. His name is Freddy Aloso, safety director for the Sports Frenzy podcast. Not just Washingtonville Youth Football, but the Sports Frenzy podcast as well. Thank you, Freddy. Keep it safe. Bitches. Out to the safety director. I suddenly feel less safe. As you should. <laughs> I still want to know what the safety director does for football, but anyway. What what's the over under on how many days before our first injury since you being named safety director? Wow. <laughs> and me here in this show. Oh, not, in, the, not at your, the not at your actual show. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with negative one days. I was like, "Wow, I think you just called Freddie a, a an unfit parent." But I'm not gonna, I'm not saying nuts here. Wow, no, no, no. I'm sure, you, I'm sure you'll be fine with the kids. Oh, I mean, with us, are we safe? It's it's the adults he doesn't trust you with. Well, speaking of uh, people no longer being with podcasts or companies, in this case, uh, Lacey, Lacey Evans, no longer with WWE. So right. no future. What do you guys? Nothing. I, I contract ran out. Yeah. So, was her run a success? Was it not a success? Do you guys care? What are you guys thinking here? I'm gonna go. Oh, with, I would say it was ahead, a major flop. I just think they tried to throw the hype train behind her a few times, and it just didn't work. She had a good run there. She was doing somewhat interesting with nature boy and then if i'm not mistaken she got pregnant right and then that derailed the whole thing or she got hurt one of the two i'm not pregnant you were right pregnant and yeah and it derailed it and then she tried to come back with the sergeant slaughter military gimmick because she was military as well and that there was more news about sergeant slaughter being upset than her actual game. So yeah, big flop on her. I mean, this. I think the only angle that really ever, the only, the only uh, gimmick that ever really worked with her was the Southern Bell angle, and that wasn't great. Yeah. And then they kept false starting her, right? And 
bring her back. We've got something for you. And then this last one was just a tragedy. I mean, it was just, she, it just didn't fit. She, it was like she was, you could tell she was playing a character. Yeah. And that, that never works, right? It's got to be an extension of yourself in order for it to be successful, or it's got to be so wildly out there. And uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know where she ends up. I don't, I don't really see a AEW needing her. So I don't see her going there. Maybe in the independence. I don't know, but I, I don't think she ever really got a chance, but I don't really think in the chances she got, she really did anything with it. So I just think she's one of them women that just, you know, came and went. She may be one that going to the independence and finding herself might actually help. Like a McIntyre. I remember McIntyre just sucked at his previous games. And then left, came back, and then was was good. You gotta find yourself. And yeah, McIntyre also came back with, you know, 25 pounds of extra muscle on him. And yeah. I don't think she's going to do that. So. And I don't think it was necessarily that McIntyre. It wasn't that he really sucked. It was just that, you know, his, he seemed disinterested and his run had kind of fizzled out. In the case of Lacey Evans, I feel like they kept getting it wrong with her character wise. It seemed like. They'd come up with an idea, but it was like, okay, in this case, it should be a face, but it actually was more heelish and vice versa. I feel like the only time she was really somewhat over properly was down in NXT. And then they brought her up and the, yeah, the women's right, like that whole thing, she was heelish, but it felt more like a face character. And like, you know, now this last run, especially, she was like, the military presence. We heard about the Sergeant Slaughter controversy that was brought up, but it was another case where it might have, it could have been face, but it was more heelish. Like it just seemed like they kept getting it. Like here's a character, but it's, even though it should be this direction, ended up being the other direction. It just wasn't working. And I just feel like this last run, especially, I think fans were just like, "Oh, who cares? You've tried so many different times with her," you know. And we don't even know if she was really over with Ric Flair because that was the pandemic era. That's true. She, I feel like she, in this last run of hers, or the last two runs, or two half runs that she had, she had more vignette time than she had ring time. I think that she had like six weeks worth of vignettes talking about her messed up family life. And that was supposed to be her coming back for the face run. And then nobody cared. So then she turned. They tried to do the heel thing, but they waited for it. I don't know. It's um, it, That was a weird arc for somebody in the company, I think. The most but, over was probably just before the pandemic. Um, but when those, vignettes, when those vignettes were done, though, she came back. Uh, really, she was acting as a heel. They didn't even really give her a chance to be a face. That was the right. thing that was so weird about it. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I kind of wish they just kept her as a true heel the whole time. Maybe they could have done something with her, but we'll never know. And maybe it was just that she got called up too early to begin with, which happens. I don't know. I personally blame creative more, but I honestly don't. That's care fair. Anymore. I I don't care for her. I didn't care for her to begin with, even back in NXT. But I saw potential there. I just think creative kept screwing it up. Yeah, they they didn't give anybody a reason to get behind her. Can't not if you keep taking her off TV every couple of weeks. So it's tough. I do know that the latest meme for that was, um, oh, what Sergeant Daughter doing in the Impact Zone? So I guess that's where she's headed. Hmm. Huh. No, that's just the means. You know, every time somebody. Gets oh, oh. Well, well, you you said creative oh, couldn't get behind her, but I wonder if Vince did. Speaking of, speaking of somebody that a lot of people got behind, Sunny. Sunny days seem to be long gone. Yes. Oh. Yeah, actually, if you don't mind. Sunny. Yeah, so, what, 25 years? 
Close. She pleaded no contest, right? No and contest. Yeah, no contest she changed is, her plea to no contest. Right, so Sarah. no contest is not, ex what is that, not guilty, but you're admitting you did it, but you're not admitting any guilt? Is that what no, no contest means? No, you're saying I'm not even going to go to trial. I'm not going to bother going to trial. I'm technically not saying I did it. I'm just not fighting the charges. And But it basically means she probably worked up some deal. So um, I'm reading off 411, and they sourced Daytona Beach News Journal. So this came out sometime today. Um, they confirmed that the plea was part of an agreement with prosecutors. As part of the plea agreement, the counts of DUI with damage to a person and DUI with damage to property will result in concurrent sentences of time served, which leaves her on the hook for just the charges of DUI causing death and driving with license suspended causing death. The first charge is a second-degree felony punishable by up to 15 years, and the second is third-degree felony punishable by up to five. The prosecutor said in the hearing that she would argue that the new case law sets a maximum penalty for the count of driving with license suspended causing death of over 10 years. That means Sitch could be sentenced for up to 25 years in prison with sentence guidelines putting the lowest prison sentence Sitch could face at 10 and a half. One of the charges also carries a four-year minimum. Whatever. It's over. Yeah. It's over. I, I want to know what happened that all of a sudden she woke up and realized, oh, fuck, I don't have a case here. Probably got medicated. Well, I think what happened is she saw the writing on the wall. And we've been her lawyer told her, you better just settle this in quick or you're going to get even more time. But hasn't that been said to her for years? I mean, this has been going on for a decade with her on and off with issues. It's like, what happened now? She was fighting this from day one. All of a sudden. Did you anybody see the, uh, the body cam video of her getting arrested? Yeah. Wow. I mean, if there's a cautionary tale of what alcohol abuse does to you, check it out. I mean, it doesn't even look like her anymore. If they didn't tell me that was her, I wouldn't have noticed. Like, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have believed you. Well, the picture of her in court did not look like her. No, it's actually kind of chilling. I mean, I don't know what happened. I don't know if she has some kind of mental illness or. That's actually a good picture. The picture she looked like when she was arrested. Yeah, no, this is, yeah. She looked That's like she'd gotten bad. thrown down a flight of stairs like 10 times. And put in a dryer, you know, and I don't know. Her, her hair was crazy. She looked, I don't know. Well, Oops. bye. Hopefully she gets cleaned up. <laughs> I mean, that's good out of time for nothing else. I don't know. There's nothing. I don't think there's anything else left to say. Happy trails to you. It's in one of those states that please don't drive again. again. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of dark side of the ring, alumni, sunny days, dark side of the ring. Season four. What did we think? Should we go through a run do a rundown of what the episodes were? Yeah, I was going to say, does anybody have a rundown? Because I can't remember them all. I, go ahead. I, I was checking Wiki. <laughs> well, it did start out with Candido and Sunny. Yes, Chris and Tammy was first. Um, we had Shattered the Magnum TA story, Breaking the Cycle, The Graham Dynasty. What happened to Doink the Clown? The Junkyard Dog. The Tragic Fall of Adrian Adonis, Abdullah the Butcher, Bam Bam Bigelow, Bash at the Beach 2000, and The World According to Marty Jannetty. What was the Kingdom one again? The Kingdom one. Oh, the, the Grams. Eddie Graham. Oh, that's Graham. right. The Grams, right? Oh, yeah. That one. Oof. So, uh, that one, I mean, there's a few of them this year that were really rough. And the Grams was one of the worst ones, I think. Um, if you didn't know that story, I mean, the at the further like the more they kept digging, I, w I was like, I wish they would stop. 
because you're finding out like suicide runs rampant in that family. You know, and it, it just, I think they're up to three generations or four generations. It, it's tragic. Like, I don't, I don't know. The only word I can come up with is tragic. So, and that one was tough. Um, I don't know, the Magnum TA one, I mean, I know, I've known that story. I mean, uh, it's hard to call it a dark side of the ring because, I mean, he can't, he's, a, he's still alive. He's out on the other side. He's doing well. He's married. He's happy. Um, and the Marty Jannetty one is just a train wreck. <laughs> I mean, oh, my God, right? Jason, you said you watched it today, right? You were texting us, and it. you were like, what the hell am I watching right now? I have never had to rewind so many times <laughs> while watching an episode of this show. It was insane. Just just every moment was insanity. And you kind of wonder if you're getting worked the whole episode because, I mean, even at the very beginning, his friend is the one that tells you, well, yeah, most of what he says is BS. Shocker, right? Is it? I don't know. <laughs> would have liked to hear some recent Shawn Michaels comments on that, but I have a feeling he wouldn't be speaking about Marty Jannetty for a long time. <laughs> I think Marty Jannetty's in his rear view a long time ago. I think Marty Jannetty doesn't know the truth anymore. Yeah. I think he tells so many lies he couldn't tell you. Like, if he told me, if I woke up in the morning and he told me the sun was out, I'd look out the window first. Mm -hmm. Just That's how messed up he is. And, I mean, he came, I mean, when he tries to tell that story about that guy, it, he... It changes every five minutes. He adds a yep. detail. He drops a detail. He says it's a work. Then he says it's not a work. I mean, I don't think he knows anymore. Well, and that one friend of his with the nasty teeth, she was like saying that he told that story like decades ago. Yep. And I was like, that was the thing. Like, as Rob said, some of the details might have been omitted depending on when he was telling the story, but the details are still there after all these years. Do we think he did it? Got away with it? Or is he a really good, a really consistent liar? Not good liar, but a really consistent liar. I mean, the, the police lot. investigated. They didn't find anything. They were so, by the water, though. Should have looked for burnt up remains instead. They reveal it again. It's crazy. Yeah, that's, a, that's one that I don't think we'll ever know the actual truth to. I mean, I think if you spent eight hours at Marty Jannetty and you left, you'd be more confused than when you got there. Because he just talks in circles and he... I don't think, like I said, I don't think he can remember his own lies anymore. I don't even know and, if I'd remember my own name by the time I... <laughs> He'll have talked you I'm out of Marty. it. And some money yeah. probably too. Yeah. I'm, I'm Marty. Yeah, All right, I'm Marty. And I knew Sean. <laughs> What's more disturbing, Marty Jannetty's ankle or Abdullah the Butcher's head? I don't know. There, there's some this year that were. I mean, I I, I have. I don't know. I know the next question we were going to ask is what topics not covered yet. I have a whole list of topics that I want to run past you guys. But let, let, let's finish talking about season four. Yeah, yeah. I was, was about to say let's let's wrap up this one first, though. So yeah. So don't segue yet. You had a be beautiful segue and you wasted it before we. I didn't. <laughs> you didn't let me finish. Who's more delusional, Marty Jannetty or Vince Russo? Also tough. You you know, there, there's been talk, though, that a lot of people feel Russo's telling more of the truth than Hogan is on that whole Bash at the Beach thing. Like, the fact that they had an entire episode on Bash at the Beach, I was like, what? Yeah. That was crazy. I tend to think the whole Hogan walks out with the bell, Booker T becomes champion, and they have the tournament, and 
Halloween Havoc was when Hogan was supposed to show up. I personally think that was the original plan, and it just fell apart for whatever reason. I don't know. I, I'm leaning with that one, too. But also, Hulk trying to put himself over at any chance he got. That is not far-fetched for me, either. He just can't help himself. Doesn't work for me, brother. They should do a round table of Marty Jannetty, Hulk Hogan, and Vince Russo. And let's see who, who tells the first. We'll see if we can figure out who's lying and who's telling the truth. Give, give them all truth serum. Where they, can't, <laughs> they can't lie for an hour. I'd, they'd probably all just sooner like pass out or not themselves, not themselves unconscious. Right. I don't think they could they I think they would they would all deny they were on the show. Mm-hmm. Then <laughs> then they would they would all deny I don't know, it would just be a a disaster of epic portions, but uh, um I don't know. I had your answer. No, I was gonna move to one of the other shows. Um I mean the Abdullah the Butcher th- like I can't read was his reasoning for a lot of his problems. But then they said he could read a menu. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Well, I mean, look, menus, a lot of menus have pictures on them. So, I mean, back back then, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The, something, something seemed off about that whole thing. And then the... Um, the guy, you know, that guy uh, that filed a lawsuit against him and all was like Hannibal. Yeah, Hannibal. And I'm just like, but you knew he was reusing blades. It didn't occur to you yourself to step in and say something instead. Oh, I trusted him. Like, even though I knew he was doing it, I was like, all right, come on, bro. I mean, right. yes, a lot he of the fall, falls on. Right. Like, come on. You You were stupid. And you're totally saying it was 100% his fault. I'm not saying that Abdullah was innocent. I don't think he was either. He should have been changing the blades. But come on, you knew he had a history. Well, I mean, I don't know how you can call somebody a... I don't know how you can call somebody a scumbag when you're a scumbag. Yes. Takes one to know one, I guess. Well, that's what I'm saying, right? I mean, he's calling Abdullah a scumbag, and yet he almost killed somebody in the ring. That was the analogy I wanted to bring up. I was going to say... You know, hey, why'd you trust that? Why'd you trust that crackhead to watch your house? Oh, he was my teacher. What did he teach you? How to smoke crack. <laughs> <laughs> really? I thought the saddest one, in some respects, for me, was the Adrian Adonis episode. I mean, the, the tragedy of his death, and not just him, but the other guys in the car and seem even the guy, the one guy that was in the car, he didn't, he never actually said what happened except that it sounded like they got blinded by the light or something. I'm remembering that correctly. I have a feeling there were some kind of uh, extracurricular activities that he didn't want to bring up. Yeah. If you know what I'm saying and you know, why, why besmirch the guy's memory? You know, Hasn't they're all dead. Before. What's the point? What's that? It hasn't stopped people from doing that before. Well, I mean, some people don't feel that's necessary. You know, I think what's interesting is I don't know if you got how much you guys know about uh, the junkyard dog's career, but like they he basically couldn't wrestle at all, and anybody he wrestled had to do all the work around him. Like he was they he couldn't go more than maybe ten minutes. And he couldn't perform 90% of the wrestling moves that you would expect a wrestler to perform. But the people loved him so much that when you wrestled him, you wrestled around him. Like you made him look good. And the funny part was the junkyard dog knew it. You know, guys like Ted DiBiase and Michael Hayes will tell you. And he was such a nice person. They really liked him. They didn't really mind doing it for him because they liked him so much. But I mean, he basically couldn't you know wrestle out of a a a box and like today he would he wouldn't have made two seconds into the ring like he'd never make it to wrestling but back then it was all about 
your persona. And he right. had that larger in life persona and people in Louisiana adored him. You know, that whole area, like he was just a God there. And more ironically is the man pushing him was a stone cold racist, but knew, knew, but knew that he sold tickets. So he didn't care. So, I mean, it's a, it's a fascinating little microcosm of time that there were so many things going on around that, you know, his career and, and who was, he was wrestling and who he was dealing with that. I don't think it's enough play because you're talking the late early eighties. I mean, you know, racism alive and well down in the South, you know, even stronger than, you know, probably pretty, you know, coming off the sixties and seventies, still pretty strong. And yet people run around rooting for the dog. Black, white, everybody loved him. And, that, you know, that's what was I always thought was fascinating is that, you know, they could go into these small little racist towns and these crazy white rednecks would be rooting for the junkyard dog. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> really? <laughs> but they liked wow. him. Yeah. It makes no sense. But, you know, call it wrestling. I don't know. And I, I think the other one that made an impression on me, other than the ones I talked about, was Doink. I mean, he sounded like there was something wrong with Matt Bourne. Sounded like there was something really wrong with him. And um, you can kind of tell when guys move from territory to territory, and you don't know why. That's usually a problem. And I remember he was in Georgia for a while, and he was in world class for a while, and never could seem to stick for too long anywhere. And, and I think Doink was, I liked, when Doink was uh, first came around, I thought he was a great character. I mean, an evil clown? Yeah, they just didn't, better than that. but the problem is you're not going to make your evil clown a world heavyweight champion. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> not even in the WWE. So, there's not it a was a roof. Believability there. but there's, a, there's a, you know, you're not going from Bob Backlund to Doink the clown. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I don't know. I thought it was a good. It was a good season. I think there were a lot of good episodes mixed in. I agree. I enjoyed the uh, Bam Bam one. I thought that was a good one. If he had looked out for his health just even a little bit better, he he would. I mean, one, he'd probably still be alive, but also he would have gone down as one of the best. I think he would have gone down as one of the best big men without any argument. It's really good at it. So, Rob, what are your ideas? All right. Well, I got five. I have a list of about one, two. Well, that one we did already. So let me take that one off. They did Tammy. So, all right. Well, my list starts off with Terry Gordy. Um, you know, one of the fabulous Freebirds. Um, got into a car accident and kind of got his brain scrambled around a little bit. Lost that that thing he had, that mojo. And he was a 280-pound guy that could really wrestle. And at the end of his career, he was wrestling in small, you know, in high schools in front of 20 people. And half the time, and Mick Foley will tell you stories about how he didn't know where he was half the time, or you know, so it's kind of sad. Uh, Daphne. Recent suicide, unfortunately. Um, Canyon. I don't they think they've... Uh, they did Canyon, did they, yeah. Did they do Canyon? I couldn't remember. I put a question mark next yeah. to that one because I yeah, couldn't remember if they did or they didn't. Yeah, that was rough. The Double Life of Chris Canyon, it was called. Right, all right. Yeah, now I remember. Right, right, right. Um, I brought this down list fast, so some of these... Uh, I put Moolah. Because I and I think that one could be a, a two parter because there's a lot of different people, a lot of different stories about Mula. Except they did her already. That was yeah, season one or two, yeah. One, season, season, one. season yeah. one. Maybe I should have read off the entire series. <laughs> no, that's my fault. Like I said, I jotted these down as quickly as I could. How about Ashley Macero? Ooh. Nope. Don't think they covered her. Okay. Uh, I put Jeff Hardy. Get, that won't get much burned with. The whole military. No, I mean, look, I, I'm not I saying they have to do it. It's just a, a a name I threw out out there. 
Uh, I put Jeff Hardy. Uh, when that one, yeah, when his story is said and done. And in the ring now, here's the question. Do you wait till he finally really retires from the ring? Or do you not even give it? Like, Because, you know, in another two years, he could do something else and, and mm-hmm. have another episode's worth of issues. I mean, I, I think you're starting to run out of, of topics. I think maybe they have another season. Uh, and, you know, so... I don't know. I was yeah. trying to rack my brain of like what hasn't been covered, and they've done a really job—a co- a good job of covering many of the scandals and deaths that we know about. So I don't know how obscure they want to get. I don't know how far they want to take it. In a couple of years, they could give you a good Vince McMahon episode. <laughs> that that was actually on my list. Vince and as many um, extramarital affairs. <laughs> Each week, a different one. <laughs> And the last one on my list, I have um, the Ken Patera, Mr. Saito uh, scenario where they got arrested back in the AWA. I thought they did Ken Patera. Well, I, there's they might have done Patera, but they did, I don't know if they did Patera Saito, and that's a whole other story. I thought they covered it, but they might have. I, I, I don't, you I don't you might be right, though. I don't know. I'm not seeing it here, so maybe I'm. I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at the list of existing episodes they've already done, and I'm like, yeah, I skipped over some of season three. <laughs> Just didn't care. I, you know, I, I'm, th- I might be thinking of, um, what was that one that The Rock did? Uh, it was like an offshoot of this. Legends. It was like Tales from the Territories Tales or something. Like it might be that. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's what you're thinking of. Yeah. Um, I didn't have many besides the Vince McMahon one. Um. I would like. I, I think it would be interesting to do one on Mike Awesome, uh, specifically focusing on the whole ECW champion jumping to WCW, still as champ, and then Taz from WWE comes in and takes the belt off him. I think that whole scenario. But Mike Awesome also had a screwed up life, so you could probably do an entire episode on him easily. I also the other one I thought of was like the real reason and closing days or year of ECW as to what really happened. Because there's been stories here and there, but nothing's been really clear. Like, we haven't gotten the necessarily the wrestler's, wrestler's perspective on what happened, like not getting paid. Were they even aware that that last show in Little Rock, Arkansas, that was it? You know, they still had dates scheduled after that. Um, and then how was it that Paul Heyman was so easily available to WWE right after that? I know they've covered it in some respects, but I feel like it's been sugar-coated. It's been WWE watched? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's probably the best way to say it. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know much much other stories that they could cover. You know, like... Shawn Michaels. He <laughs> was a dick. You could do Miss Elizabeth, like the whole Macho Man. I thought they covered that they one. They might have in the Lula what? one, I think. There was Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth. That was like the very first episode ever, but yeah. I thought Luger. Actually, the Luger might have been a WWE special at this point, I think. I think they finally that let him tell like the story. Was, one of those sounds like it was the A&E biography. Yes, yeah, the Luger, that's right. Yeah, yeah. good call. I mean, I, I know A&E did a Yokozuna, but I'm sure there's there's more of a Yoko story. Or, you know, you can do the NOI family with Umaga. Umaga, and, yeah. You know, Rosie, Yoko, there's a list of them. You know what? Seeing that one, if they go back a ways, too, because there's some serious like, connections they have to that family to maintain its position in wrestling mm-hmm. and so on as it has. So, yeah, that could be really interesting. We could cover all the extramarital affairs of Edge. 
<laughs> Mr. Stelio girl. Yeah. I just thought of two more. Uh, Jesse Ventura. And maybe, uh, how about wrestling's attempt to unionize? There's been several stories floating around about guys trying to get unions together and, and what's happened. I'd like to hear, you know, from the horse's mouth, like Tony Atlas, I think, or Jesse Ventura, I think at one Jesse point Ventura. was trying to get them. And, and I think Tony Atlas ratted him out. Uh, it was Hogan. Hogan. Or Hogan. I know there was a Tony Atlas story too. I was there. So I wonder if they could get a full episode out of that, but that still would be an interesting one. I mean, just the ones we've heard about. I don't know if they've dig, you know, they dig deeper. And, you know, why? Why hasn't it happened? Like, let's talk to some people who would tell you why it hasn't happened and stuff like that. You know, that could be the first half hour. The second half hour could be what happened that Ted DiBiase went from Beware of Dog One as a full time employee to putting his career on the line two nights later and Beware of Dog Two. What happened? I don't, I don't know. Well, what he could be another the... one too because he's about to go to jail, him and his kids, aren't they? Um, I don't know that son. he is. Just his son. Just his yeah. sons. Yeah, he, yeah, his. I've been listening to his podcast. It's been interesting, but he, his last one, he went over through his last several months with WWF, and then apparently went to Japan, and the injuries just were overcoming. So his match against Razor Ramon, a lot of people thought was his last match. It actually wasn't. He actually, I think he said it was within six days. He was in Japan winning tag belts with Stan Hansen. What about? But, uh... Carlos Colon. Carlito's dad. Hmm. What about him? I'm sure an episode. <laughs> what is shit on it, Rob? I'm not I'm about... not I, I'm not allowed to ask a question. No. I mean, they, they touched on him a little bit in the Abdullah the Butcher, but I'm sure there could be a whole bunch of stories. Well, yeah, they talked Caribbean about him in the other episode. Right? Yeah. Uh, um I know he was brought up in the um, Brody in the Brody episode as well. Yeah. Oh, it's just cutting something connecting the dots. Yeah. I feel like that could be did you see else. recently in the Invader did a promo in Puerto Rico where he uh, he's wrestling some guy and he and he started talking about how he's been wrongly accused of all these different things, and he brought up Brody's murder. No, I didn't see. And people are like, "You, you, you brought you. You're using this at an angle. You're, you're, you, you're serious. You killed him. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, technically, he didn't, according to the law. Yeah. According to anyone else ever who was there or heard read the stories. Yeah, I, I just thought that was in such poor taste. I was like, wow, what a scumbag. I think, and this won't be for years, like this is something they couldn't do. They'd have to get back together five, ten years from now to do this episode. It's going to come out that there was something really, really shady going on with that WWE Saudi deal. And I only say that because I really want to know what happened about, I guess this is four years ago now, where that plane didn't take off leaving Saudi Arabia and so seem to get stuck now i don't know maybe you should uh garble my voice up so <laughs> they don't know it's me who said it over here if they ever catch catch wind of somebody talking about them i don't know if they listen to our show so his n real name is not reverend jason todd it's jason okay never mind. hey hey <laughs> hey <laughs> it's no it's but booker, um it's booker j booker j <laughs> Yeah, um, no, I'm really interested to know what was going on in that deal because I feel like there were some instances that they really wanted to pull out of, of that, and I don't think they could. Hey, he's a reverend. He's a really good man. All I'm saying. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> this... Is this is this our safety commission? Oh my god! Yeah, do you feel safe? <laughs> I told you, negative one was the over one. That's right. 
Gonna have to, we're gonna have to hang up a sign like days since last incident zero. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I'm gonna need to speak to HR. <laughs> You're on hold. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get we'll get to you. You're next in line. <laughs> so we have what seems to be the final match of Edge in WWE on his current contract. Will this be it? Will he finally hang up the boots? Or is this just one of those things to sell t-shirts and he's going to disappear for a bit and we'll see him down the road? I always thought that this was just them starting to celebrate his 25th year. I mean, he did say he wanted to end it soon. But I think if this was really his last match against Sheamus, I think they would have just blatantly said it, no? I think oh. there would have been more hoopla to it, you know. But I don't know where he to go said. He said a couple of things that you know, and Edge has been doing this long enough; he can give an interview and say things that are half true and half, you know, uh, maybe he's just saying it to get some extra viewers. But um, I did cue this up because. I wanted to, he did an interview on an Entertainment Tonight in Canada, and they asked him flatly, hey, is this you, you know, leaving your boots in the ring? Is this what you're announcing right now? And he responded with the following. Let's hope this plays through. Hope it plays through. This is worse than waiting for this is worse than hearing you rant for 20 minutes on Booker T versus Triple H. First of all, you loved my rant so much about Booker T versus Triple H that you recommended it to others. I did. Those poor unsuspecting fools. It's so nice he did it twice. All right, here we go. Let's get this out here. I can honestly say, and this isn't the answer that everybody's going to want. I truly don't know. I really, really can with 100% truth say I don't know. And that's strange for me to, to but I don't. I, I really, really don't. I, I've put some thought into it, but not a lot. Um, this is the, the last match on my current contract. Okay. That much is what he confirmed. Flat out. And then he said he's fifty he's gonna be fifty in a couple of months. And that it's a lot harder to do the things he used to do easily. Which rings true, I'm sure. Um that being said, I mean he's edge. This could just be him getting ready for another heel turn. It could be only I guess we'll we'll know more Friday night. Tomorrow evening. Today is the eight, the seventeenth, so we'll know more soon. Which means hopefully Freddie posts this before the match actually happens. It will be up before seven fifty nine. As the match is going on. <laughs> hey, as long as it's up before Edge walks out to the ring. There we go. <laughs> well, hopefully you remember this better than you do to make your picks. Hey, football season is around the corner. The picks will be in every week. You guys check them out on the Sports Frenzy podcast on Instagram. They'll be up there. Shameless plug. plug. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, but I thought you were on like a video, uh, YouTube show or something like going through the picks as well. No? Yeah, we'll be bringing that back this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, I'm, try- I'm trying to plug your other stuff. You did pretty well last season, right? Yeah, I did pretty mistaken. well. Finished in uh, top 25 out of 390-something uh, sports analysts from all companies. So check it out. Not bad. Why are your wrestling picks so bad? Well, you can't be good at everything. 
He I was can. our first champ. He was our first champ. It was. Right, against you and Stevie, so. Well, Stevie was champ for a while, too. I'm oh, the boy. only one from the original three that didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> Womp womp. Uh. So, before we wrap up for tonight, AEW, what do we think is, are they doing a poor job at getting this card out there and getting people interested in it? We're, what, a week and a half away and we don't have a full card out yet? We got eight matches total, including the pre-show right now. Okay, but has it been set up well? Promoted these must-see matches. Well. I think that's debatable. I, after watching last night's Dynamite, I said, "What the fuck are we watching uh, in a week and a half? WrestleMania 2000? We're gonna have nothing but tag matches, player, up, up and down. Player, player, player. Like there's two singles matches on this entire card right now. We'll probably get a third with Punk and Samoa Joe. I don't know. I feel like for this. For the hype of, oh, this is the most tickets ever sold for a wrestling event. This is going to be the highest gross of all time. And all the bragging that's going on, at least from the internet wrestling community. I'm not going to say EW yet because they haven't. They've been pretty humble despite. But really, I'm like, this is not a must-see show to me. Like Will Ospreay versus Chris Jericho? Yeah, maybe 10 years ago. The Ring All of right, Honor well, tag team title match on the pre-show? Who freaking cares? The two guys are here's the thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm, wait. I'm going to let me say what I'm going to say. First of all, I think they're trying to get the most eyeballs on the show. So I understand why they're using MJF and Adam Cole in the. They're trying to get them to watch the pre-show. So you're using, you know, you're, you're using your hottest act. So I, I understand it. I don't know if I agree with it, but I understand it. Uh, I only see one women's match on here, which I find interesting. Um, not even a women's tag team match. Just one match. I mean, my question to you, Anthony, I guess is, is there an AEW card they could put together that you would consider must-see? Or is this? do you think yes. this is probably the best they could put together? No, I think I think this is... Honestly, I think this card, I'd say half these matches are really good. Half of these matches, I'm like, who fucking cares? So you how know? would you book this? What would you book differently, just out of curiosity? Um, Sting and Darby Allen against Swerve Strickland and AR Fox? Fuck that. I'd put that on the pre-show. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or, I mean, St Darby Allen's one of their four pillars. So, you know, if you want to, fine. Maybe this match with Luchasaurus. I mean, this is the thing. Darby Allen's kind of involved in two feuds right now at the same time. Like, let's focus on one or the other. But AR Fox getting a spot on this? I mean, I get it. I think Soros Strickland's overrated as fuck, but I get it. He's over with a lot of people. AR Fox being on this, I think, is a slap in the face to some of the longtime AEW guys. The six-man tag, the Golden Elite versus Kansuke Takeshna and gold really you couldn't come up with a one-on-one -on -one match for omega is omega and punk like out of the question is the definitely issues there because i feel like the issues are punk and young bucks you know i don't want to see punk versus samoa joe again who cares uh, the stadium the stadium stampede match do we really need to have that on the card this big i don't know i i feel like this is supposed to be their equivalent to wrestlemania 3 and i just feel like yeah, some of these matches are really good, but some of them, like the FTR Young Bucks, okay, I'm I'm cool with that. MJF versus Adam Cole, I'm not so sure about that. Maybe it's maybe this should have been the AEW champion versus the Real World champion CM Punk. Let's get this over with. You know, I I get where they're going with the MJF and Adam Cole. I just don't feel like it's a Wembley Stadium stadium show main event. So I don't think this is must see. I feel like. Looking at this, and I, I like the women's match. I, I know I'm probably in the minority there. I'd be very surprised if Soraya didn't come out of that. But I think that women's match, at least you got their for their top in that match. That one I'd be interested in seeing. The World Championship one, yeah, I'd be interested in seeing it. I could just as easily see it in All Out a week later. I don't think it's a stadium show match. I'm sick of Sting. You know, 
for all the crap we say about part-timers in WWE, this guy's in his late 60s, and he still hasn't put anyone over in AEW. So fuck him. Then the stadium stampede, I just feel like it's an excuse to get a bunch of people on the show. Same with that six-man tag. It's just to get more people on the show, and that's why I joke that it's like WrestleMania 2000 all over again. I think um, I find it interesting that House of Black isn't on here because they're Yet. over. I mean, people are Yet. crazy for them. Well, I mean, they haven't been announced up to this point. So to, to me, they're a glaring omission. I don't see the acclaimed on here. Another fan favorite. Um, I'm going to speculate that Kenny Omega is injured. And and he, that's why he's part of the six-man tag. Because to, to me, a Wembley match is Omega versus Offspray. 100%. And when they, did, when they didn't announce that as Agreed. a rematch, I was like, Kenny Omega must be hurt. Like, I think they're protecting him in a six-man tag. He'll wrestle a little here, a little there. But I think he's injured. And I don't think he's going to... Uh, I think they're protecting him. Do you think this card's also suffering because they have another pay-per-view a week later? Yes, absolutely. I think I, whoever planned that's a moron. Tony Khan. Um, <laughs> Tony Khan. <laughs> well, I mean, who else is it? There's no one else you can point point fingers against, right? It's him. Yeah, and then there was a rumor a few weeks ago that Warner Brothers Discovery is pushing for them to have monthly pay-per-views. Like, I, especially with how long these are, four quarter as it is normally. I don't want I don't want AEW to have a pay-per-view every month. You could just run Battle of the Belts every third. <laughs> oh wait, they already do, do that. that. <laughs> they already do that. <laughs> well played. I mean, um, I don't see Miro on here. I don't see Powerhouse Hobbs on here, and they just started a feud. So, I mean, there's a, there's some names missing, and there's some strange matches. Um, I don't I don't even think this is one of their better cards. I think they've had better cards in the past. I don't like I I'll try and watch this one, but I this will probably be a one and out for me. Like I'll probably never look at at it again. So, I hear what you're saying. I don't think this is their. They're not putting their best foot forward. I don't think this isn't uh, the card I would have envisioned, for sure. Yeah, like I like Dan said. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think for a card this big, to not over deliver with your top talent in marquee matches i think you're doing your company a disservice and if i'm an english fan and i'm getting shit matches for paying all that money i'm sure i'm sure the seats aren't cheap i'd be pretty pissed as a fan like you're expecting wrestlemania level matches and you're getting a uh, AEW dark. Well, I I don't know if you're getting. I want to go that far. Dynamite. Well, I think you're, you're getting a, you're getting some dynamite with a little bit of rampage mixed in. There you go. Well, we're going rampage. I I would at least give it collision and dynamite. Uh, rampage. Uh, whoa. Which one is rampage? Oh yeah, you're right. Ar Fox is on the card. Never mind. Yeah, come on. I thought you just said Ar Fox and Sting. And I mean. Uh... <laughs> When they first announced this card, I thought for sure there was not going to be an all-out a week later in Chicago. I was like, okay, they're doing all-in. Great. Good for them. And then when they announced, oh, no, we're still doing all-out, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, I don't understand that mentality. Wouldn't you want those two shows bookending the year? You think, I really think, yeah, I think they got to hit a grand slam with this, and this is, right now, this is a, barely a bunt single. It's show. a double. It's a double. By the time we'll, it's all we'll done, see. it'll we'll it'll see. be a double. We'll see. I, I mean, it's, FTR it's will deliver. MJF will deliver. With the error in the outfield. <laughs> that's, that's what I'll give him. Right? I think it's going to be a ground rule double. <laughs> Fielder's choice. <laughs> so, with all in, all out, do the hokey pokey, turn yourself around. Uh, that's a match right it, it'll be we'll get a guy with a chainsaw come running down 
<laughs> that was awful. That's so bad. But CM Punk, Jungle Boy, there's some rumors floating around that there were there was an incident last week where Jungle Boy wanted to do a spot backstage with Glass. CM Punk kind of vetoed it because he's acting in as the dictator of Saturday nights, right? Is that what we, the governor, the president, I don't know. The Duke of Collision. The Duke of Collision, there we go. We had the Duke of Danger on the show and now there's the Duke of Collision. Uh, what do you guys think about this? Do you think it's, there's some truth to it? It's not him telling him if you want to do that shit go back to Wednesday nights what what's truth what's not what do you guys think well let's let's mention also that CM Punk um, after collision uh, took a shot at hangman page that is about uh, his merchandise not moving and apparently had a texted him to apologize and then we also have more rumors of uh, him sending Christopher Daniels, Ryan Nemeth, and Matt Hardy home from Collision. So, I mean, there's a lot of rumors floating around about CM Punk. Like, it, I mean, is Collision his show? Does he run Collision? It Was he sending people home, or were they just not going to be used? I mean, because apparently it's a it's not an unknown occurrence that you might be asked to show up for a show and then not used like that has happened in the past. So people are saying that might have been blown out of proportion. Like they might've asked them to be there in case they needed them and then just didn't need them. So are people just blowing that out of proportion because CM Punk said something about it? Or is Punk paranoid because Daniels is, you know, friends with the elite? I mean, what what's going on, guys? What do, what do we think about <laughs> what is CM Punk and Collision and AEW? What's going on there? You think it's a lot of noise, or you think it's actually true? I think there's there's a little bit of both. There might be a little bit of noise, but I definitely think there may be some truth to it. We all know Punk has his ego, and he likes to throw his weight around. It's, I think this might be one of the one of the special features of the event to be on uh, Collision. Maybe, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I tend to always be on that kind of defend CM Punk tip. But then I think of that RVD story about him from a while back where RVD joined, or he came into the locker room and CM Punk was like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of, just so you know, we're having a meeting there because i'm the leader and <laughs> i think he does that by nature and i don't know if it's all ego or if he just thinks something has to be said and he wants to be the one who says it i don't know but at least now there's some public acknowledgement of C between cm punk and and adam page so you know it's like maybe that means they're working. They're working towards something. I don't know. It would be nice. Oh, is CM Punk Triple H now? That's what I'm wondering. Like, is he the Triple H of Collision? A very poor man's Triple H. Fair. Encyclopedia. What do you think? I don't know what to think. To be honest, I. Keep thinking that he and hoping that he'll be a better man, but I think I'm at a point where I'm like, you know what? He is who he is. It's he's not gonna change. I mean, I did feel that way for a long time, but I thought maybe now he might, you know, change his ways. This could be an elaborate storyline setup. Will the fans be okay with that? I don't know. I, I'm starting I, I, I think that the dirt sheets are take are 
make I, I feel like a lot of this is being made up like or or it's you know what do they say about wrestlers most of the time it's like your own personality amped up by 10 i feel like that's what the dirt sheets are doing i think stuff is happening i think stuff is being said i don't think it's quite as extreme as these stories are making it out to be but i do think he does have some control there and collision just has a totally different feel there's a total different look total different feel and there's a totally different roster in a lot of respects there's not a ton of overlap going on there you know so i think there might be some truth to it um but i think they need to i think they're going to need to get it past it at some point they can't let this go on it's going to blow up if this really is true season six of dark side of the ring (laughs) aw collision (laughs) the rise and fall you know i'm a firm believer of, of uh if there's where there's smoke, there's fire. And I also believe that CM Punk is a polarizing figure. So I think there are some issues. I mean, I think with everything that happened for him to come to a new show and start walking around, like he's running it or or if he is running it is an interesting way to go. I don't know. It's the right way to go, but it's an interesting way to go because he's proven the fact that if he doesn't like you, he does not going to want to work with you. So is everyone on a collision, the people he can tolerate or the people that like him and they're never going to mix? I mean, then they should just declare him the world champion and have them run separate shows like SmackDown and Raw and just let them never interact. And if they're going to pass people back and forth, they should do like a draft or something and just keep the show separate. But if they're not, then they got to do something about this. I, I don't understand how this is a, a good place to work. You know, CM Punk's not keep making uh, things better. He's making things worse. If this is all true, then he's making things 10 times worse. And I don't know why you'd want to have someone in charge like that, where he doesn't, he doesn't get along with half the roster. It just doesn't seem to make any sense. It would, when it, isn't it easier rather to get, I mean, when a baseball team isn't winning, they don't fire the players, they fire the manager, right? So if CM Punk's the manager and things aren't working out, don't you get rid of the manager? It would make sense. That's a good point. You know, the one thing is we just a few minutes ago talked about the owner and his part in the direction of things. You know, looking at the, so far the card for all in and it being so close to all out and we're talking about tony khan okay so maybe we need to talk about tony khan here too because how does cm if all this is true how does cm punk just walk in walk back in the door with all that power there's somebody who clearly has power in that company and the only person who clearly has power is tony khan so i think he would need to be the one to come in and put his foot down, right? But we all know. He's too much of a fanboy. Yeah. I mean, Vince McMahon, I think, had his favorites. But he had his favorites because they proved loyal. And I think you can count on one hand how many guys he actually get got along with. I think it's like The Undertaker. I think it's Austin. And maybe you can make an argument for a couple other guys. The rest of them were all well. I mean, to a, to a point, you know. I mean, he's had ins and outs with them too. I mean, Shawn Michaels was out, right? I mean, for a while. Now he's back. But well, what I'm saying, Austin. what I'm saying to you is, none, nobody in AEW to me has proven to be loyal, someone you can trust, right? Tony Khan's wow. got to stop being friends with all these guys and start making business decisions. Cody came in, set up the company, and was like, peace out. I'm out. Yeah, I mean, he saw the writing on the wall. He saw that this was not a company being run by a businessman. He saw it being run by a kid who's collecting baseball cards. Right? I mean, every free agent that comes up is not someone you should sign. It is a business decision. You know, I mean, they keep talking about Goldberg. I'm like, if Goldberg shows up at All In, I'm out. I'm all out. If they're going to put him on this show to squash somebody or something, I'm out. I'm not. I'm. I'm done with them for a bit. I'm taking a break. 
because nobody wants to see Goldberg. Tony Khan wants to see Goldberg. I mean, and where the hell's Wardlow, by the way? What have they done with him? Is he is he in witness protection? You know, I mean, like, I, I don't know. They, they got to start. They got to start. He's got to put start putting more layers between him and the wrestlers, I think. And let let bring in somebody who's not who's willing to be the bad guy. If you're not willing to do it, you got to hire somebody to do it. Right. I mean, we, we've wanted to get Fred, rid of Freddie for months, but none of us have the guts to. So one of us is going to have to do it at some point. <laughs> Come on in and take a picture with the bad guy. <laughs> Hugs for all. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously, it's Jason, but moving on. Um... <laughs> and next week's topic will be how the three of us overthrow the devil's advocate once and for all. You can try. I'll just change the rooms and not tell you. That's true. As I was saying, I think he's got to get layers. He's got to get people in there that are that are willing to lay down the law and start setting things up. You know, I don't think they, you shouldn't have access to him. Not everybody gets to run up to Vince McMahon and tell him everything they want, right? And Vince McMahon's not also not afraid to say, "Oh, that that sucks." Right. And you got to have people who are willing to do that. And I think that's one of the main problems is Tony Khan is too much of a fan, not enough of a manager. There and we're starting to see things like for that. A job. That was a right hand man of this. Johnny Ace. No. People power. There you go. Wow. Better, yeah, I, I don't know why I'm doing the impressions. We have uh, our impression guy on the line right now. Right. I don't know. But with that being said, that is our show. The Sports Frenzy Pod on Twitter. The Sports Frenzy Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. We thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Peace.